What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lions Blog Podcast. This is your host, Gavin, and back finally. Um, I have been away for quite a while. Uh, I can't even remember when our last episode was. It may have been the semifinal, uh, post-semifinal match, actually, uh, if I remember correctly. But basically, um, I was on vacation. I took a vacation with my girlfriend, who, personal update, is now my fiancé. So, um yeah, went on a big long trip and then came back and had to get back into the swing of things, had some jet lag, all that fun stuff and just busy, busy, busy. So that's kind of why I haven't had a chance to record with the boys. But um, fortunately, you know, big games call for uh, big podcasts and that's what we're doing today. So here to join me is I'll start off with Adam. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Good. I'm uh, looking forward to our future boss, Mrs. Lyons blog, uh, being having <laughs> a regular recording schedule for us. So that, that's going to be real nice. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Mrs. Lyons blog. Love that. And we have special guest Taylor from at Orlando City UK. Taylor, how are you doing tonight, my friend? What's going on, guys? Um, you're getting me at the best time possible. Um, we fly to Orlando tomorrow. I'm at um, our airport hotel right now. So could not be happier right now um just waiting for us to lift that cup yep just uh the one sour sour grape is that you are at the manchester airport and um (laughs) such a disgusting horrible place manchester is Uh, we prefer london um all of us on this podcast um, there was a lot of red devils in the north london even yeah yeah (laughs) definitely so okay let's get into it let's kind of level set where we're at right now orlando city are on a four match win streak what (laughs) we can't believe it can't believe it so taylor i'm gonna start with you just looking at the last four matches one zero away to red bulls two one away to charlotte very tough place to play in this season they've been really good at home so that's that's no gimme 2-1 2-1 win over MLS Cup champions NYCFC. 3-2 comeback win over CONCACAF Champions League winners Seattle Sounders. I mean, what a run we've been on. Uh, how do you how do you sum up this run of games? Um, um, look, I'm, I'm pausing. Uh, dumbfounded, surprised, proud, um, delighted in the main i mean to sum up this run of games you know four to put to put four consecutive victories together in any you know serious league is is tough going and we've we've done it and i think the main thing is you know just relief and um being delighted with it because we're right down the stretch now and um the eastern conference as it always seems to be as is as tight as it's it's ever been and, um, you know, we've needed to put a string of results together. Did I think we could do it? Um, heading back to, um, it was that New England revolution loss at home. Did I think we'd put this run together? Absolutely not. 
um, was we yearning for the final to come around and, you know, kind of the Open Cup was papering over the cracks? Yes. So headed into the final, you know, having put four wins together in, in MLS, it's it's exactly what the doctor ordered and um, and fair play to the team. You know, we've got to give credit where it's due. And um, you go back after New England Revolution loss and there were rumours that Oscar had, you know, lost lost the locker room and it wasn't. For as much as I love Oscar, I'm a big, big happy fan. Wasn't looking so great for him. His seat was getting hot. But um, again, I'll say, fair play to the team. We dug those results out. It hasn't been pretty at times, but we've gone right the way to the end in all of those games. And, you know, the cardiac cats are back. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about the spirit. And um, and I think we can be very, very uh, proud with, with what they've done. We've needed to do it. And we've done it. Adam, I'm going to let you have a crack at that question as well. Yeah. So Taylor brought up some really good points about the the mentality that we've had to have to stay strong through these games and the really the mental strength that it shows to have your back up against the wall, particularly after the Revs game and needing to string results from together. There are... So what what are the things we love about Oscar Preha, right? Because we, we all accepted that his his job was on the line, you know, last month, basically. The things that have we have never, ever, ever questioned about him are his ability to motivate a team, his ability to build a team with strong mental fortitude, and his ability to just bring a result out when his back's up against the wall. We've never seen a team quit on him and Whatever happened post that Revs game, whatever meeting was held, whatever the the captain, the the coaches said to the players, uh, whatever discussions were had, it's been a noticeable change in the personnel that have played, in the style that we've played. We've, I think, played a much more aggressive and direct style versus trying to pass it around the edge of the 18-yard box and just saying, hey, we're going to take players on, we're going to put balls on that, and we're going to score at least a goal, if not two, if not three, we're gonna we're gonna do what it takes and and kind of snatch this productive style of play out of what we had been trying to do this season, and and it really speaks to the the positive traits of this team coming together at just the right time. We're now getting bench uh, bench goals from Tesho. Ivan Angulo has come in and put, played some really, really nice minutes when the summer signings paid off. I really like what I'm seeing from Motor Cartagena. Nico Giacchini had a few flashes. I think he's probably behind Angulo for minutes going in the future, just based off of what I've seen. Um, but I think it's a combination of the coaches admitting, Hey, something we're doing isn't working. We need to make a change. We don't need to make wholesale changes, but we need to make some tweaks and, and keep that strong mentality going forward. And I think it's really interesting that, so those two Tasho winners <laughs> that came in 89 and then stoppage time, it it's tough because, you know, that, that 89th minute winner, it's not a consistent thing you want to rely upon. But you can't say that we didn't deserve it in either game. That, that, that the team's been playing legitimately well and had the better of the ball for the majority of, I, I think, all four of these wins. And even though maybe it took, you know, a last second, you know, gutsy miracle to actually get the result, I can't say they were undeserved, which at times has been, you know, we've defended for 
for 60 minutes, gotten a goal on the counter, and then defended for 30 more and won one nil. It doesn't seem like it feel it doesn't feel like that. And I think that's a, a good time to heat up heading into the biggest game in our history in the cup final. It's great to be in great form heading into that. And then we are um it, it's generally accepted that 45 points is about what gets you into playoffs in MLS. Um, we're three points off of that with six to go. So we're in a great spot right now. And all credit to everyone involved in this operation. Yeah, and I'm just going to piggyback off of that. Um, I like how you brought up the the slight shift in tactics because one of the things that was really frustrating me for months on end this season is we would sit, you know, we would defend, sit deep. People would call it park the bus. I wouldn't say it was that drastic. We just... We were defending in a, in a low block, per se, uh, and, and then attacking the midfield. And then we would attack, and the attacking phase of the game was so slow, and decision-making was poor, and there wasn't a lot of runs being made. And so it looked like park the bus, because we would go and look at the stats, and there'd be two shots, there'd be three shots, and be like, we must have just sat back the whole game. We were trying to attack, but we never just made that final action to get in the position to shoot the ball. And we finally started making those ones runs. We finally started making those passes. We finally started being, what you said, Adam, more direct. And so now we're able to still sit in that low block and look, you know, decent defensively. Um, we've had some things not go our way, obviously, and we've been leaking goals. I think we had one clean sheet and that was against Red Bulls at home. And they are dreadful at home, by the way, uh, horrible home form, just like us. But, um, so we're, we're doing that, but we're still now able to attack and create chances and create goals because we're being a little bit more direct. And that's something we called for, for a long time on this podcast this season. So uh, really, really happy with that. I think you guys summed it up really well. Um, talking about that. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out is that we are getting more shots than our opponents. Um, so just to kind of, you know, say we've been deserving these wins, Charlotte nine, we had 13 um, against New York Red Bulls. That being said, we had two shots, one on target, won the game 1-0, and New York Red Bulls had 15, so that's kind of an outlier. New York City FC, though, we had 17. They had five. We had the same amount of shots on target as they had shots against Seattle. This might be a little game state, but we had 22. They had eight. So definitely, 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 we've been creating more shooting opportunities to back up my point. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next spot here. And um, Pato, unfortunately injured. That happened a long time ago. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, though. Uh, Taylor, just Pato, Pato gets injured. He's done for the season. He's I think he's back in Brazil at this point. In the Red Bulls game, we're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to last? Because he was really starting to pick up some form for us. But Faku has slid right in, and and that new role for him, that Pato role, he's been doing really well in. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, we we all know Pato, you know, is a, a storied name in, in football and soccer. Um, but he's been frustrating, um, both his fault and not his fault, since he's been an Orlando City player. You know, um, first of all, gutted to see that he picked up that injury um it was that collision with drew yearwood wasn't it at red bulls and he's going to miss the rest of the season um i think is the expectation um and it is frustrating as you say gavin because he was starting to come into a bit of form 
um, playing in that number 10 role. Um, and I'm glad you spoke about this because these have been the little adjustments since that Rebs loss that have kind of, you know, worked out for us. Um, so Pato gets injured in that that game. We're all gutted and we're thinking that's just our luck, isn't it? Because we're heading down the stretch and just as, you know, one of our main guys was coming into form, starting to win a few of the doubters, myself included, over, you know, then, you know, we've got to try something else out. But so often in sport, so often in football, um, you know, when one thing happens, it, it triggers another. And and you've said it, um, Faku Torres, uh, if you look at the goal, uh, Chinkara's goal at Charlotte, um, if you look at, you know, other goals we've scored recently, Faku Torres has been the man providing that final assist before we're getting the shot off, before we're getting the goal. And and we knew we were getting that in Faku when we signed him from Peñarol. Um, the fact he's dynamic enough to play as a left winger, to play as a right winger, to play as a second striker. Um, and he's picked up that pocket now. Talking of Faku taking Pato's position, I know he's, he missed a couple games, but Mauricio dropping deeper has been so key to this as well. Um, putting Mauricio, you know, in central midfield alongside Cesar Adarujo, um, that's that's really worked for us. Um, it's funny because, you know, everyone's saying with TFC now, pass the ball to the Italians. With us, it's is pass the goal, pass the ball to the Uruguayans, having that that triangle of, of Faku at the point of it, Pereira and Araujo behind, and then any combination of, you know, wingers. It's 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 really worked out for us. Um, and, and Faku, as we saw with that finish against Seattle Sounders, I mean, what a finish. I mean, we knew we were signing a serious player, but we're seeing a serious player really come into his own now. Um, and it, it's no surprise to me. Uh, to see him playing with this confidence, the talent. I mean, look at the goal he scored against the Arsenal, my team, um, back in the uh, the FC series, back in the summer. Um, it's been really good. Pato, you know, we lost Pato from the 11. But what it's given Faku and the, the opportunity for him to pick up the central areas, doing things quickly, you know, turning the ball over, that's been a huge positive deploying him there. So I'm really, really pleased to see it. Um, dropping Mauricio back is obvious. It's a dilemma with a lot of Orlando City fans whether Urso's best position is on the wing. But dropping Mauricio in alongside Araujo and then playing Urso on the wings, where he does get, you know, he's, his leg, he's not the fastest, you know, his legs can go, where he's not so much of a negative losing the ball and tracking back on the wings. I think we've kind of stumbled across. A, a formation and an 11 that actually works better than what we were trying before. Yeah. Adam, do you have anything to, to follow up on that? Yeah, just I, I agree that Faku has been a revelation. And uh, if we manage to keep him for the full season next season, which is getting more and more unlikely, the more goals and assists that, that, that he tallies, he's an MVP level player. It just, absolutely astounding he could he could have 30 goal contributions next year i think no doubt and uh if it's interesting if you look up the uh the stats he has he's at i think eight goals eight assists on, on the season right now in competitive matches he was 10-8 last season in uh in penural so he's in a more competitive league growing up before our eyes and figuring out this league and dominating it the same way he dominated uruguay and 
and to see him the past few matches is an absolute tear. The quality on the assist to Urso, um, that first goal against Seattle, was it? Was Urso's goal? Yes. So that just the quality. Against Seattle? Of, no, Shaku it wasn't Seattle. The first goal against Seattle. Who was it? I think no. you're, I think you're talking NYCFC. NYCFC, I'm sorry. The goal is against NYCFC. It all blends together for me a little bit. <laughs> but the the chip, the chip assist on that goal, and Urso smashed it. I love Urso in an attacking role. I, I absolutely love it because he's so smart about when he picks to make a run. And Fa- he has a great partnership with Faku. And then still he's the you know an extra midfielder to drop into midfield when we need him. And and help create overloads and numbers advantage there. He could press a great all around versatile player to have on the field, which is what we need now that we're our stars have thinned a little bit with with Pato out. Um, but just oozes quality, and, and it's a quality that you don't often see from the players in this league. Um, so yeah, he, he's I totally agree a revolution and MVP level player, and a guy that potentially. If he keeps this form for for the next month or two, could allow us to have a surprising uh, MLS Cup run. Yeah, uh, last four matches that we've won, obviously he scored the winner against New York Red Bulls, assisted against Charlotte, assisted against NYCFC, goal and assist, really sparked the whole comeback uh, against Seattle. He scores that first goal after we go two zero down to make it. 2-1, make it a ball game, and was really man of the match turn around the momentum. Minutes. <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes, clearly made yeah. in the match. Yeah. And, on, and honestly, he can be our fountas to Urchan Kara, if you think about it. One thing I've been, again, frustrated with, um, Urchan Kara's been on an island up there, and he's not the type of striker to do well on an island. Facu Torres is getting closer to him, and you see in that Charlotte match, that little tasty through ball to Cara. He slots at home to put us up 1-0, I believe. That's mm-hmm. that's where you need Faku, and that's where Cara is going to succeed because his off-ball movement in those situations when he has somebody close to him is is really top um, top class. So just need yeah, to I, keep, keep looking out for that. I think that brings up a really interesting point about Faku's entire season and the players around him. And that we've noticed wherever we kind of slot Faku in, but we be at the right, be at the left, be at times he's played more centrally, the players close to him in the formation seem to play better. Remember when he was exclusively a right winger at the beginning of the season, Juan was actually playing pretty well. And we have not had that many nice things to say about Juan since then. But he was, remember, we were all excited about his partnership with with Faku Torres. And then when he was on the left wing, and we were talking about the interplay with Jean Moutinho. And, and, you know, get him getting up and leveling, putting in good crosses for the strikers, right? We're like, oh, Faku Torres going up and down the left wing. It works so well. So when you put him in the middle and you say, Faku, go, go wherever you want, it makes the whole team better because what, he's that kind of player. I was going to say as well, Adam, I think what's, what's super sweet about it now as well, I mean, many heading into 2022, we're labeling this a, um, a transitional season. Um, and, you know, much was expected of Torres, of Cara, um, replacing the likes of Nani, DK, um, Mueller to a lesser extent. Um, and now having these two almost play off each other, uh, we haven't really seen it a lot this season at all until recently, playing Torres more centrally. But seeing these two link up, 
certainly the Wolves must be enjoying that playing them guys, the uh, the big bucks. Definitely, definitely. And I am nervous we lose Torres because he is definitely growing and there are all of a sudden little rumors here. Oh, European clubs are asking about him. We're saying, no, not yet. We just got the guy. Let us enjoy him. <laughs> uh, and it's got to be for the right price. But uh, clearly a quality player above the rest. And if we can surround him uh, with quality talent for the rest of the season, which I believe we can, then um, all things will be going well for us. I do like what you brought up, Taylor, as well. Pereira dropping deeper. Adam and I had a really good discussion earlier on in the season. We're saying Pereira isn't necessarily the final ball guy. as He has the quality, but a lot of times he is the link to the final third guy. He's the guy that gets the ball to the spots, but we've just never had the quality in the final third to do anything with it. Now with Faku in the middle, Pereira a bit deeper. Um, we're starting to, to see the fruits of that. And Although one thing I will say, and I'm just... I've, one thing that's been frustrating me, I'm rambling here, but um, sometimes I do see us putting Juan up and Pereira covering Juan's space. And I'm like, that's yeah. not the way to go. It's Pereira up and Juan back. But it's working for now, so um, yeah. we'll leave it as is. Going to um, shift here for a second to our new signings. We ha- we've had a lot of them. We've had Giochini, Vildar Cartagena, and Ivan Angulo. Uh, three new signings to come help bolster the squad depth. Taylor, what has been your... We've, we've seen them all start a game now, at least one game, and um, we've, all, we've seen them a bit. What has been your take on the three summer signings? I think, and we've not seen a great deal of them um, so far, obviously. Um, but like you said, they've all they've all kind of started a game each. Um, we've seen kind of enough, you know, to have at least an idea of them going forward. And what I would say is that I, I was quite impressed with the caliber of player that we did bring in in the mid season. You know, Giochini um, has had US caps, um, Cartagena, Peruvian international, experienced, um, Angulo. Um, Palmeiras is big club in Brazil and had been playing in Portugal and the Primera League as well. So I was impressed with the calibre of players we were bringing in. Um, and we were crying out for a bit of added quality and depth, weren't we, um, in the mid-season. Um, I, I must admit, talking about Cartagena, I was really um, disappointed to let Sebas Mendes go. I really do think he's a, a good, good player. I understand that they had to do it because of, you know, the, the salary and the cap and what have you. But um, but I, I think looking at our roster as a whole now, I think these guys have pushed others. Um, just looking at the quality of that corner from um, Angulo um, the other night, I mean, you know, the, these guys are pushing the others now and any squad needs that. So... I've been impressed. I haven't seen a great deal of them. Um, as you know from me, I watch most of the games. I've actually been so busy recently. I've not seen a lot of these guys firsthand because I've missed a, a few of the last games. But as I'm saying, you know, I'm impressed with the quality of the signings at least. Um, and it's added much needed quality and depth because let's face it, we were crying out for it really. Adam, how, how have you felt about the new signings? I'm very happy with them. I think 
Jake Keeney is one for the future. I think that him with an offseason under Oscar Freja will do him real good because he is, I believe, the youngest of the three. Uh, yeah. And it, But he's he clearly has talent. He's very quick. He's very fast. He's He looks like a smart player. Uh, we saw him draw a penalty, which is sometimes you see younger players will you know, try to tough through it, not like take the foul, you know. Um, so that showed some soccer IQ there. Um, we ha- And we've seen him. He should have scored a goal, I believe. He put a nice header on target, but Stephen Fry was incredible in that game. Uh, unfortunate not to score, but I, th- I think he's a good guy uh, that we can throw on as a sub. Um, also, had, wasn't goal. he the one? Wasn't he the one who had that header across the box that Angulo headed and, and yes. Fry saved as well? Yes, yeah, so I was going to yeah. talk about Ivan Angulo next. Ivan Angulo I think, is, I think, the guy that should that should walk into the starting lineup right now. He uh, in Seattle, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with his performance, both going forward. He is very fast. He was able to threaten Seattle's back line and stretch the field and make them give more space for Faku and Pereira and Urso to work underneath. He uh, was very impressive tracking back. I saw him in good defensive position a number of times, which we know Oscar Preha loves. I saw him energetic in the press. I saw him combine well with teammates. He has a great left foot to put in at that corner for Tesho um, in the, for the winner. He puts in a good cross. I think he's a solid all-around left winger. And we've that's kind of been the one spot that we're like, okay, can someone take this job, please? And I think he's making a good shout for it. I would not be surprised at all to see him get the majority of the starts the rest of the season at that spot. And Wilder Cartagena, I think he's probably solidly behind Urso in the pecking order, but he's a, a very good backup option for now. And Urso insurance, should this be Urso's last season? Um, he's a guy that you feel very comfortable throwing out. If you have to start him and he has to play full 90, you're not worried at all. He is intelligent. He makes, ooh, sorry. Um, he makes good decisions in where to set himself up to cut passing lanes and to cover defensively. He can shuttle the ball through midfield. He's not a liability with the ball. He's not going to like only pass it sideways or back. Uh, he's going to put himself in a good position to receive the ball and then link to the, the attack. So really just a guy who may not be spectacular at any one thing right now, but he knows how to play central midfield at a, professional level and that is that is a great guy to have on your roster yeah the the signings have been good um i will say i will say and maybe i'm going to be devil's advocate here but i do find myself thinking we brought in two kind of depthy options on the wings was there the possibility to push a little bit more and and find someone who was a starting option on the wings maybe one higher quality player um just as like a devil's advocate just something to think about because uh giacchini he looks okay um i think he's more of a striker versus a a right winger but he can do a job out there as we saw against seattle angulo i've been impressed when he gets on the ball definitely um clearly is able to hold it keep it he's very quick he works hard on defense as is a requirement for any oscar pareja winger um but he seems to like disappear for long stretches of matches he doesn't touch the ball for a long time and i don't know you know i was watching him against seattle and it's just like there's some times when the ball comes into his area of the pitch maybe joao moutinho is 
is over there and he's not making a run or he's not making himself available. Um, and I just want to see him try and find the ball a bit more. Cause once he gets on it, I mean, he looks pretty exciting. You know, he looks, he looks like someone who could beat two people and put a good ball in. And we haven't had a player like that other than Facundo Torres for quite a while. Um, maybe would, even like, I would Molino. argue that's a little, Oh, Kevin Molino would be so good in this team. <laughs> that name um no i um i think that's probably a little bit he i mean he just got here what like three weeks ago like, well uh, well i'll say this i did go and watch some like i watched a game of him mm-hmm. at his old club i found a game um i went i did my whole like whenever we sign a new player i like to go to their team's highlight packages because every team has them and watch like every game they started in or every game they participated for like 60 plus minutes in and see, is he showing up? Where, where What is he doing? Because sometimes the bad things can be on those two that you can't really see from a, a compilation video. And I watched like 12, 13 of those and he did like two things and both of them were him losing the ball in bad areas. And like one of them was a, a scrappy goal, I think. So like it just... I, I maybe I started off feeling that way and having that thought of like when is this guy popping up in good spaces? Um, not saying it won't happen for us, but that's kind of my feeling on it. And you bring up a good point, Adam. This is like his first start. So, uh, but yeah, devil's advocate. Maybe we could have pushed for a, a starting caliber, but as of right now, they seem to be helping enough to push us over the line and get these wins late on. Um, Taylor, back to you. What have you made of the late goals? Three in a row now after the 89th minute um, to get us three points in each of these games. Uh, Like Adam said earlier, feels like they've been deserved wins, the three of them. Um, But we are certainly leaving it late. We are leaving it late. Um, Cardiac Cat season is back, isn't it? Um, We lost them for a while um, after those early years in MLS. But um, they've been back with a vengeance recently. Um, it's always, when you score late, um, it's always a sign about the spirit within, um, the team, you know, never giving up, you know, all these cliches, but never giving up, always believe until the final whistle. Um, it's true. And, um, on this point, um, we do our stats previews, um, week after week, and we're so familiar with the numbers, you know, kind of behind Orlando City's campaigns and, um, we we've on of all our victories in MLS this season, we've only won by um double digit margins twice. That was on the opening day against Montreal. And um and for me the best away performance of the season, the two nil victory at um Columbus Crew. So we're way we're way familiar with executing the uh, the Pappy special on the road. Um and we haven't kind of We've struggled to find our identity in in home games, which has been a strange thing. You know, you'd expect to be stronger in home games compared to when you go on the road. But it's really interesting when you honestly go on and I go on the Wikipedia page of Orlando City's results. I can look at them from top to bottom and you see all of these greens where we've won and they're all by the odd goals. So scoring late. It shows that, you know, the team are fighting for Oscar Pereira because, as we were saying, his seat was hot going back a month ago um, after that New England Revolution game. Um, I was really on this. I was really, really pleased for um, for Tesho Akindeli, um, not only because, you know, he's a great guy and he's taken a lot of time out on um, 
on socials this year to interact more with the fans. Um, we've not really seen a um, an Orlando City player embrace it as much as he has. Um, so I was really pleased with him on a personal note. You know, he's a friend of ours. Um, you know, with with any sports stars, you know, you can be a great guy off the field, and it might not be working for you on the field. Where you know he's gone through lots of droughts of us. You know, where people have been questioning his qualities. So. A quick word on him. I was really pleased for him to kind of have his moment this season because we know we know um, Oscar trusts him 100% and we know that he has a role in this team. So it was really um, pleasing for me to see him, you know, back to back, you know, Tesha buzzer beaters. I mean, just when the doctor ordered it, you know, um, heading down the stretch. I mean, it was really, really good to see. So um it's a really start. happy to see him given the start as well in the Seattle match. Very well yes. deserved. And I thought he played quite well. He was pressing. Yeah. He was he was Tesho, basically. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, he, he was Tesho. It was good for him to get the start because, you know, we've for a long time now we've been used to him, you know, being playing the bench role, you know, getting 15 minutes, 20 minutes here and there. So delighted for him. Um most recently, the Kyle Smith one, the one that went to VAR, you know, and it went our way for once. You know, we were even we were pretty convinced um, that Alex Chilovics was going to give that, you know, coming off Jackson Reagan. But um, it's a good sign. And I'm really, really pleased for Oscar, especially because, um, you know, I, I love him. He's been a breath of fresh air to this city and this team. And I wanted the team to fight for him. Um, it, it, it would have been really, you know, this is sport, I get it, but it would have been horrible if, you know, the team down tools and just couldn't find a way over this last month ahead of this final. I was really worrying whether he was going to be in charge for this final. So the way we've been getting wins recently, it's it's super pleasing um, because we know we're not the, you know, we're not LAFC, we're not Philadelphia Union, we're not Austin. You know, um, when we get victories in this league, they have to be ground out. You know, we know we've got a solid defence and good foundations, and but we've really, we've really struggled to kind of score goals this season. That's why I say, you know, all of our victories have been by by the odd goal, bar two. So, if that's the way we're going to win games, like Adam said earlier, you know, we've put ourselves in a good position now um, to make the playoffs, almost hitting that forty-five um, point mark. So. If it's working for us, so be it. You know, um, that that's my thoughts. Adam, thoughts on the late goals? Any quick thoughts? I just, I, I think, yeah, it shows to the mentality of the team and how they're willing to fight to the end. Uh, don't know how sustainable it is, other than that maybe we have more energy coming from somewhere, whether it be desire, uh, whether it be. Um, you know, some training that they're doing to to have good fitness levels through 90. Some advantage that we're having at the end of games is showing up. Don't know what it is. Don't know how sustainable it is, but, you know, it's a good time for it. Seriously. Um, any things to watch out for? Adam, I'm going to stick with you here. Uh, has there been anything that stuck out to you that's been like, hmm, this is still a cause for concern or have you been, you know, pretty happy with the way we've been playing a little bit. I think we're giving up some dumb goals. Um, Well, so the, uh, against Seattle, the, uh, the set piece goal, that was just a glass. So nothing you can do about that. Second one is just, you know, you you just get beat. 
Schlegel so, was awful there. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. it got to stop because you can be so, so great for 89 minutes. And that one minute you're not so great, they score. And that, Seattle, that that XG, and I know XG ain't everything, but that XG was – we had three XG. They had .54. Give two goals. Can't do that. If you're going to thoroughly dominate a team, don't leave it till the last minute, right? Don't need Kyle Smith to make a run – the only great run he's ever made up the right-hand side and just rocketed off a defender, ricochet, and then need a positive VAR review, right? No. Beat them 2-0, right? Or 2-1. You know, that, that set-piece goal happens, right? Uh, the free kick happens. Beat them 2-1. Don't give up that second goal. You, you got to tighten down at the back and not make those just dumb, dumb mistakes. Just get just flat out be just, you know, get on the wrong side of the ball versus the goal. It seems that for the talent that we have on our defense and particularly the defensive talent, you know, not just the, their ability to get the ball forward and connect to the midfield, but their ability to stop the ball from going into the net, how we rate all those players. I feel like we've been giving up more goals than we should. And, you know, for controlling the 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 pace of play, the style of play, all that, and not really letting that many because like you say Red Bulls had a bunch of shots on us, like they had no really good chances. They were just taking pot shots from outside the box. That's fine. And and, and that was the clean clean sheet we we held because we didn't make any mistakes that just let them have a great A chance right in front of Pedro. We need to to stop letting teams get one or two of those a game because we do have the talent to stop it. It's just brain farts happen. So I, if there were a concern for me, that would be definitely the the one that sticks out. Yeah, there have been a lot of kind of iffy goals. Speaking on VAR real quick, and then I'll let you answer that question, Taylor. Uh, a lot of our decisions go in our way. Don't know if we've just been lucky or if refs have just been having an absolute nightmare. I mean, the red card for Antonio Carlos was shocking decision, to say the least. Glad they got that fixed. Um, I think Urso's goal was against NYCFC as well. We had the VAR decision go our way. Um, and then, of course, the correctly called deflection, as uh, I think it was Kara who's up there. Somebody was in the box and shot did not come off of him. Like it, it did look like it, to be fair. But yeah, um, VAR has been definitely going our way. Uh, go ahead, Taylor, with anything that has popped up that you've been a little bit worried about. Yeah, worried about. Um, like you just said, um, VAR has been going our way recently, and um, you've got to appreciate the times when it does, because there's been a lot more when it doesn't for us. Um, I think you you mentioned something that um, that jogged my memory earlier, Gavin, in that um, now we are used to seeing Mauricio play um, more deeper in the uh, the central midfield role, um, as opposed to number ten um, when Huan's playing as well. When Huan bombs forward. Mauricio doesn't really have a defensive um, bone in his body, shall we say. Um, so, so that could be, you know, a, a point of weakness going forward. I think if, if most Orlando City supporters draft out their um, their strongest 11, you know, Juan's going to be in it, Mauricio's going to be in it. So if Oscar deploys them in that way, which I'm sure he will until um, until November, by the time the, uh, the playoffs come around and hopefully we're in it, um, those two, if they're fit and available, will be playing in this this formation. Um, so things that worry me, potentially that, because um, 
you know, Mauricio is now connecting play from deep. That's what we've been struggling with all season until more recently, where he can kind of progress the ball forward and then Faku's quality can get it in to the opposition's 18-yard box. Um, but yes, um, he, he doesn't, he's not really defensively minded at all. So, um, and and we know about Huan, you know, we don't need to say it here, you know, we all know about his game. Um, that could potentially be an area of the field when we play better teams, you know, and if we make the playoffs and we play some serious teams, you know, well, well, we'll see, won't we, after Sacramento, we've got the best team in the East. We've got the Union at Subaru Park on um, September 10th. You know, we will see there. That's going to be a real acid test of where this Orlando City team's at. And hopefully, you know, we're running on adrenaline because we've just lifted the US Open Cup. But, um, you know, it's going to be a, um, a quick return to MLS action. And it's going to... I'm, I'm really eager to see how we play against the Union, who... You know, their last four games, they've won um, by 18-1 combined. So, um, and I've got a little off-tangent here, but um, I would want to see kind of how Mauricio in central midfield, who won at right back, would play out against, you know, the best team in MLS right now, if, if you ask me in the union. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be a scary game. We actually do have a, a gauntlet to end the season. Again, like you said, Philadelphia away. We're home against Atlanta, home against Toronto, who have been really good recently. Away to NYCFC, which I think is at Red Bull Arena, so we get to play them in a proper stadium. So that's nice. Um, Not at Yankee Stadium. Um, Away to Inter-Miami, and then home to Columbus on the final day. So definitely going to be a rough end of the season. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's the late goals. Adam, you said they're unsustainable. I agree with that. Uh, not saying that, you know, we won't win more games after this run of games. That won't be from late goals. But we are leaving it pretty late, and we just need to take our chances. I think we had three pretty good chances against um, – three or four pretty good chances against Seattle, and, like, two of them we just – we weren't clinical on and that always is going to happen that's just the way the sport works i just wish we could be a little bit more clinical but that it's asking for the impossible sometimes all right let's go ahead and shift focus to sacramento uh finally adam would you say this match is the biggest game in the club's overall history so not just mls uh, but overall no I would say that's probably the first USL championship because without those USL championships, we're, we're not here. We're not MLS. If, if Orlando city USL isn't such an overwhelming success, MLS probably doesn't happen. We're not a huge market like New York, like NYCFC got in the time because city football group gave MLS loads and loads of money. That's not how we got in. We got in by being a legitimately great club. And, and I think, I, if you asked me, if you asked me if we don't win any USL championships, do I think we have an MLS side? I don't think we do. So I would say those are just bigger for you know because what's bigger the, the 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 day you were born or the or the the day you get married right the day you get married is huge right you don't want to exist without being born <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> kind of one of those things yeah. MLS history absolutely since like post 2015 absolutely this is our biggest game I would say just in the overall. I think when, if and when we eventually win MLS Cup, that will top it because that's like 
we have arrived. But I would say just the USL Championship is in, instrumental in getting us here. The um, the the ones that we won then, and and, and we're we we always claim to be so proud of our history. We have to continue to acknowledge that without those USL Championships, none of this is possible, and we don't have the experiences that we have that we love so much. The reason why you know we we spend an hour and a half talking about Orlando City on Skype so so people can listen to it because people listen to this for some reason. The reason that we're doing that we love so much is because of those USL championships. So we I think we have to show homage to those and 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 show respect to them. Adam, this doesn't happen often, but you have convinced me to change my mind. So well done, because I was thinking, yes, I was thinking we've got a CONCACAF Champions League spot on the line here. We, This is a big game, first ever trophy in MLS, which is the big leagues. Hopefully, uh, that's what we're fighting for. Um, we didn't quite get it in MLS's back, but um, you brought up a very good point. Taylor, what say you? Yeah, interesting listening there, and... Um... And I'm going to do the devil's advocate response, but I, I 100% get uh, t- Taylor's I learning this podcast. <laughs> I am. I am. Um, I 100% get where Adam's coming from with that. And uh, and yes, acknowledging the past and, you know, um, realizing that, you know, that helped put us where we are now. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, if we're talking, if we're talking Major League Soccer, if we're talking this team taking the next step, Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's the biggest game in um in our history for sure. I mean, compared to to you guys, um, my my support of Orlando City um was 2015 is when I started um game against NYCFC, that most glorious deflection in the world, Kakar. Um, that's when I kind of started watching the team week in week out. Obviously, you know, I've watched all of the tapes of um of our USL glory, and you know, know that inside out, you know um from a research kind of um basis but yeah this this one is is tantalizing really because i mean it's not only an opportunity to put the first silverware in the cabinet as a major league soccer club which is is something that some of our fan base might have thought we would have done sooner than what we've done uh well we've not done it yet but um you know to get into a final um seven and a bit seasons in um but yeah, this, this this is massive. And what I wanted to say on this pod tonight was these opportunities don't come around so often. Um, we have to take it. I mean, what other cup campaign worldwide do you host every single game at home? You start it with that nostalgic victory over the Rowdies, you know, our old I-4 Derby rivals. Um, you host every game at home. You get a minor league side in the final. Um, I just wanted to say on this pod tonight, this we have to take this opportunity and take it with both hands. Um, I don't, I, I don't care. It, it, it's been incredible what Sacramento have done, um, dumping up three MLS sides on route. You know, I seen the kind of, you know, the stuff they've released on Twitter about how their head coach is actually an English guy from the other Midlands, how, um, Mark Briggs has kind of been motivating them along the journey. Um, I get that, you know, they've been giant killers. I can, Imagine the kind of things he's been saying them to um, his squad, you know, to kind of get through round. All of that aside, we're going to pack out Explorious Stadium. Um, we've been so hungry as a city, as a fan base for an occasion such as this. And 
it's big. It is really, really big. You know, the opportunity to play in the CONCACAF Champions League next year will only put us on the map even further. So um, it's massive. I'm obviously so glad I can be there to watch it in person. Um, but yeah, other honourable mentions. Um, Adam mentioned, you know, the USL Championship Games. Um, I suppose the only other honourable mention is, you know, um, how successful, and this is kind of an off-the-pitch thing, because it was a 1-1 draw, but fill the bowl, the first ever MLS game, I suppose, is an honourable mention, just for the fact of how many people showed out and how it captured the imagination. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's the biggest game for me, but like I said, um, you guys have, um, have watched those USL championships unfold firsthand. T- Taylor, it's funny you mentioned fill the bowl. I'm quite literally looking at a poster of fill the bowl in my office on <laughs> my desk. It, 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 I agree. That's a, an absolutely magical moment. And I'd been to a couple USL games uh, before, but I think that game, I, I unfortunately, that is the biggest Orlando city game. I think I haven't been at because I've been well, at pretty much all the massive moments since then. And I'm, I count myself very, very, very lucky that yeah. I've been able to do so. And I do not take that for granted. Uh, that I uh, that I'm able to kind of finagle my life to be able to do that I, I is one of my favorite things, but yeah. that that mo- that was one of those moments where like holy crap, yeah, like w- like this many people love Orlando City, that's was, insane. And then you, it was it took the city by storm. And every you go to downtown, not even on a game day, you go to downtown on a Tuesday afternoon, and everything's purple. And it was. It was crazy how just how many people and on game days it was a C. It yeah. was a, back when we were when we were drawing thirty five k on a midweek. It yeah. was a sea of purple every single game day, and, and I, that's what I want more than anything. And and I think that's what this open cup can bring us back. Well, it, can, it can be the start of that. Exactly, and this is what I'm really really looking forward to to seeing firsthand this Wednesday. Just seeing Explorer Stadium full again. And, it's been um, too damn long. It's, it's been, been too damn long. long. And and I know the supporters groups, you know, working on stuff special, but that that's what, you know, we always know that's, you know, we want the team to do well on the field, but we want to bring the casuals back. We want those fill the bowl days more often. And how we do it is by, you know, inspiring people. Let's, let's win this trophy and, and see what it does. I, yeah, I'll be honest. I think I've, I've said it multiple times on the podcast. I'm sure I have. I, seeing Exploria full is going to be such a, an amazing sight because it's been, like you, you, like you boys said, it's been way too long um, since the days of 2017 when we were selling out Exploria Stadium because it was a fresh new stadium. And and unfortunately, we were just so bad and so hard to watch. And, and we lost those kind of neutral fans. And then obviously COVID doesn't help. And and it's it's I really can't wait for Wednesday. I really cannot wait to see the stadium full. I think people are going to be up for it. I, I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. And hopefully the players respond to the fans and, and make it even an even better atmosphere because the fans do respond to the players. You know, a good little arm wave from uh, Juan might help as well, you know, make a big tackle in the first 30 seconds, get the fans up for it. Um, I think it's going to be loud. I think it's going to be... 
lots of purple smoke everywhere before the game. There's going to be the tailgating, which is awesome. Uh, and I, I just thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly cannot wait to see um, the full stadium. And I'm glad you guys brought that up. Um, Adam, heading over to you, how do you think Sacramento are going to play us? I, I'm, I know you haven't seen a lot of them. I don't think anybody on this podcast has. But, like, how do you think Sacramento will play? Do you think it's going to be the the standard? They're going to be aggressive and, and sit deep and, and try and hit us on the counter? I had to unmute myself. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably what it'll be. Uh, from what I've seen, which I think I've seen about as much as as any of the other uh, educated among us that, that we've done, you know, our bit of snooping, but I'm not going to take time out of my busy schedule to watch a bunch of Sac Republic because we're just going to clown them anyway. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing that they do, the thing that scares me about Sacramento, it doesn't really scare me, but if there is something to be worried about, it is that they, they have this giant killer mentality and their coaches is, is feeding them all that propaganda because why wouldn't he because that's what they have to go off of is this idea that no game is too big for them that this is their moment that that they're the protagonists now that little do they little do they know that they they pick the wrong one they, they they orlando city is possibly the only mls club that needs this more than they need it and and so i don't know how much that's going to do for them because you know that our players are going to be up for it and not just up for it, but Robin Johnson might kill someone like <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to, I, I think the atmosphere in Exploria is going to translate directly to the place. Robin Johnson's going to do like slide tackle into someone. He's going to get a yellow card. He's going to yell at the ref and he's going to turn the wall and like wave his arms. And then the wall's just going to like shout obscenities about ev- at everyone. And it, it's going to, it's going to escalate from there. And so, but we're talking about Sac Republic, right? Because they matter. I think I think it's going to be the classic how you upset a better team because it's very clear they, they don't have the talent we have, uh, especially with our talent now can, starting to gel. They're gonna they're gonna be pinned back, um, especially with our more direct style of play. We're gonna be sending runners at them. We're going to be trying to get one on one duels happening in their final third. And so they're going to be pinned back and they're going to look for uh, trying to cause a turnover maybe in midfield and then sending a couple runners forward, seeing if they can get us on the counter. If With their low block that they're almost certainly going to set up and try to frustrate us, if we can break through early, I think it gets ugly because then they're going to have to abandon that low block and try and score, especially um, especially if you can go up 2-0 uh, before halftime. That second half might be three, four, five goals. Because they certainly don't have the quality. It would be a New York Red Bulls again. It, yeah, it might be. They certainly do not have the quality to just match us and match us and like straight up play. So if they have to resort to that, to sending, you know, five players forward to try and attack, it could get ugly, especially if we're then able. Because one of our fortes is, is you know, sitting in a block and then countering. But we're like actually good at it, not just doing it because we have to. So if we're able to do that to them and just you know, send Faku Torres on a counter running out of a scared center back. I mean, yeah, that, like I said, it could get ugly. So I, I think our strategy has to be against their low block that I'm almost certainly expecting is they have, they have one guy, um, Rodrigo Lopez Roro, who has four, four goals, four assists in this competition so far. He's had a great competition, no disrespect to them. They have had a great competition. 
and they, they have shown the grit and they have shown the ability to pull out these results. There's no disrespect to Sac Republic for being a USL side. It's just what they are. But they have they have one guy that they're probably going to send as the the linchpin of the counterattack. They're probably going to try and get him the ball. So they're going to try and force a turnover, try and get him the ball somewhere at the edge of our final third, and then try and send a runner past him for him to find is probably how that, that strategy is going to work. We just have to identify that, stick out a Rujo on him. It'll probably be fine. And then just pepper them and keep them pinned back. Keep sending direct balls in. Go long ball even a little bit. Like, hell, like send a long ball to Kara, have him knock it down, have Faku run off of him, and then have Angul run the left off of Faku, cycle the ball there, cycle the ball back. We've got everyone there, and then it's even strength. Like, we just got to keep playing our game. Don't let the moment get to us because at the end of the day, it's just a soccer game and you got to win it. So I would say that's probably how I see the 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 big picture tactical matchup happening. Taylor, I'm going to come to you. Um, I, th- I think Adam's right on how they'll play. Um, I think both teams will kind of get find their way into the match. I think Sacramento will try and come at us quickly to try and, you know, rock us a bit. But, um, so I think they'll start off really high intensity and try and get into our half. Uh, but then I think overall it will, um, lead to us dominating possession and, um, hopefully getting goals. How do you want to see us play? How do you want to see us line up, um, for the match? I want to see us line up. I think um, I think the big opportunity here is um, Ivan Ongulo. I think he's played himself into the uh, into the starting lineup. Obviously, you know the other mid-season recruit, um, Jake Mulraney, can play there down the uh, the left side. But as we know, we've seen a lot more of him compared to the other uh, mid-season signings, and he's he's more defensive-minded, isn't he? Um, I think as as Adam said, you know those guys are going to do a low block at um, Sac Republic and. And we're going to have to take the game to them and, you know, stay true to, to what we do, uh, you know, and, um, and dictate the game. Um, so that, that's the way I see it playing out. I agree with you guys. Um, having just listened to what you said, a um, couple of nuggets of information from me on, on this game and, you know, the context headed into it. Um, so Rodrigo Lopez, I think you said, Adam, um, one of their danger men, another, another guy that's kind of been the darling of their, um, of their cup runners. Um, Luis Felipe is a midfielder we spoke about in our preview. Um, American-Brazilian dual national. Um, he's, he's scored in three of um, Set Republic's six Open Cup fixtures this year. Um, he scored against Phoenix Rising, um, the Quakes, and in probably the most famous game of the run, um, you know, dumping out the LA Galaxy, um, didn't he help Sports Park? He scored in all of those games, so he's going to be one to watch. Um, but also really interested for me heading into this game as well. And we know every game's different. You know, who who would have said we would have um, smashed the Red Bulls five one and the form we was in at the time? But looking into patterns and themes ahead of this final, another interesting nugget I found is that um, Sacramento have only conceded two goals all tournament long, so. They are resilient, um, you know. The, like we were saying, um, their coach, um, Coach Briggs, will um, you know have them in that low block. He'll have them organised. Um, our problem all season long has has been, you know, we, we've not ran up, you know, double digit 
wins against anyone really. Um, so I'm praying this one doesn't go the distance. It would be embarrassing, wouldn't it, if they, you know, went the distance with us and it went to extra time and penalties, which you know I'd have nightmares about. You know, we we have to take care of business and um, and if we if we play to our abilities, we'll know um, that it should be enough to win this cup final. But um, but yeah, that was something really interesting to me, kind of um, heading into this game. They've only conceded two goals, which is is no mean feat considering they've played, you know, they've dumped out three MLS sides on on route to this final. So um, it could it could be tougher than even we're kind of you know expecting. Who knows? But you know, we've got quality players. We're in a good run of form. That's how we started this pod. You know, relieved and overjoyed to win four games in a row, no matter how it comes. So. I'm just glad we're in that state of mind heading into a game of this magnitude. Yeah, and I think if we think about the Tampa Bay Rowdies game, we had that kind of struggle of a first half. Uh, Rowdies sat deep. We had a decent amount of the ball, but they they were direct and going forward, and and we dealt with it fine. I mean, that was Thomas Williams' debut, and everyone was raving about his performance that day. Um, Vanderwater struggled in that game. I remember. Uh, but like, I think it'll be something similar to that. And I know it's like, oh, take another USL team and compare it to them. What is it? What great analysis, Gavin. But I do think it will be tight in that first half. Um, I'm hoping we can come out a lot quicker. It'll be our starting lineup and not our uh, our bench squad like it was against Tampa. Um, hopefully we can start out quickly. But I again, like I said, I do think it will be um, it will be sitting deep for Sacramento. If I were to do a lineup, I think I would go, you know, obviously starting defense. We all know it by heart. Janssen in for Schlegel if he's fit and able to play. If not, obviously Schlegel. Um, midfield, uh, keep it the same. Araujo, um, Pereira, deep, Faku through the middle. It's really the wingers that... The wingers and the striker that you could have a, a, a debate about. And I would start Kara for this game um, just for his knack to find a goal. I think we will um, be in their final third quite a bit and we'll need his movement in small spaces to to find a spot to, to score. Um, so for me, Kara needs to start this match. And I also think set pieces are going to be huge in this match. If we could score off a set piece, that would be very helpful. Um because like you said, Taylor, breaking down a, a deep block has been difficult for us, but that's difficult for all teams. It's the wingers. And I think, for me, I would have Urso on the right, and I would go Angulo on the left. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's what I want to see as well. It's, it's, it's ironic you say that, because that's exactly the 11 I picture in my head heading into this as well. I think Angulo's pace, you know, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. again, spells and games where you know he's not touched the ball and you want to see him on it more because he's explosive um i think we've seen enough of him now especially in a game against a minor league opponent you can play jake mulraney out there who's got a good cross but we know angulo can you know dash at the heart of a defense you know we're going to need to unpick the lock so i i agree with you i think we see him line up on the left wing and and like like adam said earlier um i'm a fan of um junior so i'm on the wing as well because you know he's got a good final ball um he he can't get up and down over the course of a 90 minutes too many times you know he's what 33 years old now but um but he offers that protection um when Juan goes forward so 
I'm agreed, yeah. I would not. Out of all the wingers we have, though, I do not want to see Benji starting on the wing. I think you that might would, be I, uh, I don't want to see it. I, I think... So I, I agree with the optimal lineup, right? That, that's who I would start. Oscar Pereja is going to play who he trusts in the biggest game of his Orlando City career, certainly. I think it's Benji Michel on the left. Oh. I don't hate it. I don't know. He's so he. I don't hate it. It's certainly not optimal, but he's fast. He can be an outlet. He can track back. He has had finishing boots on him before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can so see Oscar Preya talking himself into Benji. Yeah. Yeah. He's done nothing on the wing this season. Nothing. Yeah. I feel like with Benji this year, and he's been he's been so frustrating this season. I feel like I've seen him miss the same shot at least four times. I don't know if that's me just hyperbole exaggerating, but I honestly feel that I've seen him miss this. And in a game, well, in any final, you've got to take your chances. Um, that's just my two cents. Uh, I agree with y'all in a, in an analytical sense. <laughs> I'm talking what, about what I think will happen. Yeah. I could so, see it. I could see yeah. it. But, man, yeah. I would be really disappointed to see because him start I think on opening. We, I think we all agree on the tactics we'll use, and I think we got that right. Benji is a player that theoretically fits those tactics if Benji works. So that's why I think – so So Prey has me like, okay, we're going to go direct in the first half for see if we can snag a goal – we're going to need someone on the left to stretch the field because we got Urso that's going to be basically a midfielder on the right. Who do I got that I trust? Benji Michelle. I think I think that's the the, the Oscar Pereja thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my only thing is uh, definitely, uh, hopefully I jinxed it. You know, hopefully Benji starts on the left wing and bags a hat trick, but um, <laughs> I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if any of you guys know, but it's just something I'm thinking about now. I mean, Benji's been at the club a, a long time now. So if we're talking about, you know, players Oscar trusts, you know, Oscar's seen the best version of Benji before. Um, he's not been the best version of himself this season. I think he'd admit that himself. But I'm just wondering where, um, I'm wondering what our lineup was, um, I suppose, in the only other, you know, final of our MLS era, the uh, MLS is back. I'm, I'm just trying to wreck my brains whether Benji started that. I know, obviously, it's a while ago now, but um, just in terms of playing a final. Here, I'll look it up. Um, MLS is back tournament final. Yeah, I mean, even even that even that still stings me. Yeah, that final. <sighs> um, we started Tesho up top. I think that was before DK had been integrated and. Um, I think was it Dwyer was injured. Yeah, it would have been Mueller. Um, or Mueller. Yeah, Mueller on the right actually. Pereira at the ten. Nani on the left. Yuri Rossell and Mendez in the middle. Moutinho, Janssen, Carlos, Juan, Galese at the back. Our normal back five. Yeah. Okay. Um, Adam, I'm sorry to do it to you. Prediction for the final. Um, before we move into fan questions. One nil sack Republic. <laughs> Taylor, prediction for the final. 
if we're going to do it like that and uh, we're getting um you know all um spontaneous about it um one nil sack republic but um <laughs> i think we we've conceded a goal we, we've not had a shutout in our open cup run um i've seen a lot of i asked this of our um, followers earlier i saw a lot of people putting this score line and i'm going to say the same i think we take it three goals to one so so if i may explain myself a little bit Cleon from Lions Blog, or not Lions Blog, Cleon from <laughs> Lions Den has been very unapologetic about his predictions for the match. So I, I feel like I have to balance him out, like reverse jinx his jinx. So my official prediction is 1 0 Sac Republic. <laughs> I'm going to say 2 1. I'm going to be serious here. 2 1 Orlando. I think it's going to be close. Um, I think it'll be a nervy finish, too. Uh, I think we'll uh, it'll be squeaky bum time, as they say. <laughs> we'll be clearing things out of the six-yard box and be freaking out. Um, I think we get it over the line, though. Um, I think Faku gets a goal as well in a big moment. I think he yeah. rises to the occasion. Okay, uh, let's hit the fan questions and get out of here. Um, Taylor, going to start with you from a uh, fellow Englishman at the English Lion 1. Will a cup win give the team enough impetus to carry on their recent good form in MLS and then go on to claim a home playoff berth. So if we win the cup, do you think we could um, take that momentum to a, a top four finish? Oh, sorry, Gavin, you cut out there, but um, yeah, I did, uh, did catch the question. I think, I think yes. Um, I mean, it's been a bonus that we've um, put a streak of four wins together ahead of this final um you know obviously they're two separate competitions you know we're we're doing well in both of them we're on on course to to achieve what we want to achieve from this season so yeah it, it can only do good um like i said earlier in the pod though um, you would like a bit more of a forgiving game after putting a lot into a cup final you know the fact we go to uh the philadelphia union next will really be a tough examination of this side especially after you know, what could potentially happen, you know, lifting the trophy and all of the, uh, you know, the, the joy and you know, the ecstasy that comes with that. But, um, yeah, I think um, getting a cup win can only do um, good in terms of belief, camaraderie, um, you name it. So I think it would put us in, um, in good stead heading down the stretch, which does look tough, like you said, Gavin, um, at least on paper. Okay. Um... Adam, any anything to add there? Can we move on? Uh, I, think, I think Taylor got it. Yep. Okay. Um, for you, Adam at Tommy CTID and J Tommy, of course. Oh, he changed his at. It used to be a gray goat. I wonder what happened. Um, has there ever been a better time to see this club on a winning run than right now? Oh, because the the best time is always right now. You always feel, I remember in like 2017 or 2018, what was the Christ year that we went on like that six, six game winning Eight, streak? Um, 18. It was 18, six game winning streak. And we were tied for the top of the East and we're like, oh, this is the year. We're finally good. We all know how that ended. But uh, in, in right then we, and I'm sorry to do this to you guys. Um. But we felt on top of the world, right? Right. It, when that was happening, it was Kyle Aaron MVP, Joe Bendit goalkeeper of the year, all that stuff. And 
Will Johnson for right back. <laughs> no, I'm not going that far. Not possible. <laughs> uh, hey, Taylor, are you familiar with that meme? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, okay. Just making sure that we can remind everyone that there was a time when Gavin thought that Will Johnson was Orlando City's best ever right back. I, I really like bringing that up. We would <laughs> always win games with him at right back. Always. Uh, you, you can justify it however you want, honey. Okay. Um, That's the to answer the brother. question, to answer the question, the best time is always right now because right now is when it's the most fun. Uh, but yeah, we're getting hot at the right time, going to the playoffs, hopefully make some noise. When a, a cup final along the way, it's a good time at this moment in time pending Wednesday. It's a good time to be an Orlando City fan. Yes. Um, Taylor from at Jimmy underscore SLC. Has it been a change in player mentality? Poppy's tactics are both that has seemed to change our form. Yeah, interesting. Um You'll scan Twitter hourly like I do. Um, I can't remember which account I saw it from. Um, I don't know how true it is. I'm assuming it's true, you know, because we're a tight-knit community. We all share the information that's valuable with each other. But I did see, um, apparently, there was a meeting, if I'm right, with Mauricio. and um, I saw the same thing, yep. Yeah, yeah basically. That, that is true. Yeah. Um, so basically, for the listeners, so a locker room... Um, meeting got called i'm assuming after the the revs lost we was in a real rut of form and um and essentially this season for me as i said um you know off the record before we started recording there's been a, a roller coaster ride and it's been difficult to put your finger on exactly what this season is but um we we know there's talent on this roster and i think for a lot of this season um we felt shortchanged um and you know, okay, it's it's not it's not sustainable to keep on, you know, um, nicking games by the odd goal. But um, but clearly, what was said in that meeting, in terms of you know, fighting for the whole ninety, um, you know, better performances, better quality, um, keep on believing to the end. We've seen it on the field, as I say. You know, I'm repeating myself from earlier on in the pod, but. Um, to get a streak of four victories in any league, no matter which way you do it, is is no mean feat. So um, the proof is in the pudding, as as we say. That's probably a uh, an English phrase, but um, but yeah, the the, the t- whatever was said, um, you know, in in that locker room meeting, has had the desired effect, as far as I'm concerned, because we've not only seen results, um, but we've seen we've seen performances that Adam mentioned earlier. I. Th- I think so to that meeting's point, I think we really underappreciate how good of a captain Mauricio Pereira is because he's, I think the first captain other than the specs back in the day, the first captain that was elected on a team without one star that like Nani was always going to be the captain. Kakao was always going to be the captain just because of the star power. We had legitimate options. You had Mauricio Pereira, you had Junior Urso, you had Pedro Golese, you had uh, Antonio Carlos. All could have been fine options at captain. I'm sure uh, other leaders on strong leaders on the team as well. Mauricio Pereira, I really respect the job that he's done keeping this team together through what has been a difficult season. And I don't think that gets appreciated enough. 
a great point. And um, I'll say that when he was appointed captain of those options of which you've just mentioned, I was kind of skeptical on the choice. But um, I don't know about you guys, but he was down my list of five candidates um, compared to, say, an Antonio Carlos. And you see, I think you see, um, so in games when maybe AC will get hot-headed, right? And he'll go to yell at the ref, and then Mauricio Pereira will immediately grab his arm and be like, hey, bro, chill, I'm sure, in Spanish. Um, and Carlos respects him and listens to him. And, and to have the respect of everyone on the team like that, including the respect of the hotheads, it's, it is noteworthy. He certainly wasn't my number one either. Um, at Clink Ty, T-Y, um, Tyler Clink. Uh, this one's an interesting one, Taylor. What would you want more, a Open Cup final win or MLS Cup appearance? I assume he means MLS Cup final appearance. So would you rather win the Open Cup or be in the MLS Cup final? Interesting. That was going to be an easy answer because I thought he just meant make the playoffs. But um, if you're talking make the MLS Cup final, oh, man, that is a toughie. Um, or, or to go back to the quick, win the Open Cup or be in the final, was that the question? Correct. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just talking in the moment, but um, putting silverware on the table. Um, we've been in MLS now. It, it, it's late in the UK. It's, it's seven, this is our seventh season, right? Or is it our eighth? Uh, one of those. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> our, uh, right. It might be late there, but we're, we're not very smart here. <laughs> I'm the same as you guys. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. But it's Our eighth season. What, <laughs> that's eighth. right. What, what I'm trying to say is it's time. Um, it's time for us to put some silverware in the cabinet. Um you know, being in an MLS um, Cup final, don't get me wrong, you know, big achievement, um, especially um, given, you know, the, the quality improvement of Major League Soccer year on year. Um, I think it is turning into a top, top league. But um, no, I think um, I have to say um, winning the uh, winning the Open Cup over a, a MLS Cup final appearance. I'm interested to hear you guys take on this. No, you're right. Give me the trophy. I would say the trophy as well. Um, MLS Cup final, you could obviously win the big one. He didn't say whether we win it or not, so that's kind of the. Uh, <laughs> um, we let's get a trophy. Let's get in the Champions League. Um, yeah. Let's just, yeah. Uh, bonus question from him: Once we win the Open Cup, who do you want to play first in CCL? I want to take on and from any the, the Canadian Premier League team that gets in. Yeah. <laughs> So we, so we don't have to travel to some crazy country in the Caribbean or something, um, and we get to play on a playing can. I'm, I'm gonna take a different approach there. I want one of the hard Mexican teams because if we win, then we know for for, for real. If we lose, we're out. We can get on with the MLS season. Yeah, good point. Ooh, that's a really good point. Because teams in CCL do tend to struggle. Look at Seattle right now. Yeah, that's they what obviously I'm won the whole thing. But uh, team, at yeah. some point, we're going to need to beat a, a Tigres in America, a Chivas, like someone like that. It might as well make it early. It's <laughs> a very good point. All right, last one. I'll start off with um, uh, Adrian underscore Veros. Uh, what do you think happened to all the 
poppy out people where are they hiding now um <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i don't know if i'd call myself poppy out because i was never i don't like being an coach out person i'm very much of the mind frame of i'm okay with him leaving at this point um and we've turned it around we've gotten some wins i still maintain my stance that i'd be okay with him leaving um if we were able to get a better coach in because at the end of the day if you're getting rid of your coach you think you can get a better one and so i i think there is a better coach out there um sue me attack me for saying that um but you know he is getting us into finals he is getting us into the playoffs um but i i just want that little bit more uh pushing for for the final of an mls cup pushing for supporter shield um so if we could find that that'd be great but that's obviously a risk yeah right now they are hiding um adrian they are gone um for now and that just speaks to the turnaround uh that we've had and just Four wins in a row. That's something that Pereja's never done. Um, so the fact that he's done that is really big. And now we're heading to the final. And if we win that, I'm sure people will want Pereja to stick around um, till next season and then let him have another go at it. He's been backed financially. He, um, I wouldn't say he's performed as highly as we all expected. Um, this season, but at the end of the day, if he can get us into the playoffs, um, anything can happen there. And this team seems to be grinding out results left, right, and center. So, um, yeah, they're they're gone for now. Um, I'm sure they're they're in their caves, and they will uh, make an appearance uh, once something doesn't go our way again. I, I'm really glad this question was asked because because um, I I really want to answer this one as well, Gavin. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. So the, the Papi out people, where have they been? Um, and this this is a, a really interesting one for me because um, my, everyone knows I'm a big Arsenal supporter and um, and Arteta is still in the process of winning me over despite how well we've started this season. A um, couple of things. In sport, you don't have to... You, <laughs> There's a blurring. You don't have to be in one camp and can never switch over to the other, is what I want to say. That's what sport's there to do. Um, you can be proved wrong. You can eat humble pie. So you, you, you can change. You don't have to stay in, in that camp. Obviously, the team and the results, you just look at what we've done recently. No one could have predicted we would win four games in a row after that, um, that New England Revolution game. Um, speaking, speaking about Oscar Pereira for me, it's, it's, it's got ugly at times this season. Um, it was the Atlanta United game, you know, an emotional game for Orlando City because that's a team we, we hate. But after that game, I was really disappointed in the way, you know, we, we've done it a lot this season, you know, where we, we've taken the lead. We've taken the lead in a lot of games this season and then surrendered it because we've just defended it. And, and we know that's Oscar Pereira's style. You know, many would call it, you know, MLS 1.0. Um, but honestly, which is strange for me, and that's why I led with Arteta, because honestly, I never reached a point where I was like, I'm done with Oscar. And, and don't get me wrong, 
don't get me wrong, his seat has got hot and I think we should be playing better soccer and getting more out of this roster. But it's not me acting smug after the event. I'm just relieved and happy that we've put this run of form together ahead of the final that hopefully we win on Wednesday. Because the thing is with Oscar and Pappy and this guy, he made us relevant at a time where we were just an also ran in this league, you know, just making up the numbers. And, and I want him to have some tangible reward for his time in at this club, you know, and we'll never have a better opportunity to do it on Wednesday. But I just wanted to say in response to that question from, um, from Adrian that, and it's not just because, you know, we're officially affiliated with the club or whatever. I, for me, you know, seeing, you know, I, I get it. First and foremost, I get it. Um, the people that were questioning and said we should move on. But you said it, Gavin, you only push Oscar out the door if you know you can get hold of a better coach, if I'm sure there is out there. But I never reached that point of wanting him gone because I, 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 I believed that he could turn it round. Um, and it's not acting smarter after the four victories. I just thought we he bought himself that time to figure it out based on what he's done at Orlando. We know, we know in sport that um, people have short memories and it's a results business and you you know people pay a lot of money to see the product on the field and it's been ugly this season at times honestly it has but i just think sometimes sticking my neck it the criticism was a bit i understand it it was a bit over the top and i never quite got there and being like nah no we should move on because you only move on if you've got another manager ready and with oscar i know i'm going on a bit here now but with oscar we know that he's got the best out of this locker room in the past. And um, and I've just been really, really pleased to see to see that he managed to coax some more out in the last month or so. Adam, anything to add? No, I thought Taylor's response was perfect. Yep. All right, well, that is where we will leave it. Um, and Oscar has won the Open Cup before, by the way. He won it in... Um, I think 2016 with Dallas, either 2015 or 2016. Can't remember which one. Um, I think that was a year or two into his Dallas career as head coach. So uh, he's he's been there, worn the T-shirt, and uh, now it's time for him to do it with us. I do think we win, but man, am I nervous? But also, man, am I excited? Taylor, going to start with you. Thank you so much for joining. Um, okay. Fantastic guest as always. Oh, I have a question. Oh, oh, Adam has a question. I have a question for Taylor. So, Taylor, Go ahead. you're an OG, original gangsta. <laughs> You've been part of this Orlando City supporter community from the start of, of our MLS existence. 2015. 2015. That would qualify you as an OG. <laughs> and, and from... An ocean away, you have shown more dedication to this club than as much or more than anyone else. And you're you're staying up late to watch the games. You're making content for for other supporters. You are interacting with everyone. You're making friends. You're you're you know you come here on vacation at least once a year. It seems if not more. That's incredible dedication from someone who is not from here but now has a home here whether uh, no matter where 
you 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 have your permanent residence you always have a home in orlando and the the community showed out and and really has helped you you come to to the game because we really everyone i i know believes that you deserve to be there and celebrate with us at the moment of our biggest triumph in in at least a very long time and yeah. so just i i just want to know what you what you're feeling and i know you, you put out like a couple video statements and, and all but just if you have anything to say what how what are your emotions how are you feeling uh just the floor is yours because i the the reason that that i um i in particular wanted to have you on today is because i think that that what you do is special and and it's a special moment for you in in, in highlighting what our our supporter community can do for each other when we choose to lift each other up so i just want your thoughts on that yeah excellently put there and um i'm just listening to you talk about that because it's it is still sinking in um adam honestly um I mean, it, it seems ages ago now, but it was only a month or so ago that um, I had no idea, and you would have seen in my video statements, had no idea um, that Kyle Butler, you'll know him, um, you know, started the GoFundMe um, and basically crowdfunded my trip, you know, and um, and honestly, it is the kindest um, thing anybody's done for me. Um, I got married as as all of you guys in our tight knit community would have seen um, earlier this year, and um, and you know, <laughs> getting married costs a lot. You know, we had a fantastic honeymoon um, in Florida. You know, <laughs> managed to get the uh, the wife sold on um, on going to Florida again. We watched the Houston Dynamo game, and um, and and for me, honestly, what I want to say on here is that that was going to be as much as I love Orlando and. You know, over the last, um, certainly since 2015, you know, I've managed to get over there once, if not twice, you know, a year. Um, you know, June against the Dynamo, that was going to be my last game, regrettably, for a while. You know, I'm 32, you know, I'm married, um, hopefully have kids in the, the next couple of years. So what, what Kyle did with the GoFundMe and um, to get me over there, you know, a game that it, it would have killed me not to be there, um, you know, because you know, you guys know how much I love this club, you know, like yourselves, um, you know, but I was content, you know, to do what I usually do and, and watch it afar on a stream at, you know, stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, so what, what he did for me and the fact I'm going to be there, it's still sinking in, really. Um, I, I'm on cloud nine and I'm just really grateful that, um, for all of you guys, you know, um, it is special. I think you said that word special. Um, Orlando City is special. That's the fact that I'm looking in the top left-hand corner of this screen. We've been on for an hour, 44 minutes. It's a pure love. It's a passion for um, for the city, for this club. And um, I'm just hoping it culminates in that trophy because, um, you know, we all crave it. Um, before I came on tonight as well, I wanted to say this in the... Um, you know, those early years in MLS were tough. Um, you know, we were happy to be there. Of course we were in um, in those early couple of years. And then, you know, losing Adrian was tough. Um, you know, the Jason Christ era was 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 tougher. Um, you know, and then Atlanta were beating us up. You know, winning MLS Cup, that stung a lot. They had the billboard downtown antagonizing us. And and then we, you know, we grew, grew a little bit more confident and we started beating those guys. And... It really feels now that, um, you know, we made the playoffs for the first time. We had that Schlegel moment, NYCFC, um, and of Godrigo. And it really feels time now to take that next step. And um, 
you know, it's sport. It might not happen at all. You know, none of us want to think about that. You know, we all want to think about, um, you know, Robin and the rest of the guys lifting that trophy. It, it might not happen, but um, but for me, honestly, you know, being part of this, it does feel like it's our time and moment. And I just want the team to uh, to walk through the door. But as for you guys, um, I'm flying tomorrow in the morning at 11 o'clock and just cannot wait to to be amongst, you know, like-minded people like yourselves. Um, honestly, it's been a tough couple of years with the pandemic. And, and in the UK at the moment, we've got the cost of living crisis um, on the back of it. So, you know, sports is an escape. And um, the escape I've managed to find in Orlando City um, since we founded Orlando City UK, it's been nothing short of incredible. Um, everyone knows how much it means to me. And um, to share it with you guys is something that I'm hoping I can look back on this week um, in years to come and just and just smile. Well, Adam, thank you so much for cutting me off for that because that was um, exceptional, Taylor. <laughs> Exceptionally well put. Um, we'll have to meet up definitely in person. Wasn't able to do it when you're at the Houston match, but uh, definitely plan on meeting up, buying you a beer, of course, and um, hopefully celebrating the win. Definitely. Um, so, so all of Orlando City supporters, Taylor should not pay for a single beer while he's here. <laughs> you guys are going to have to have me too drunk. I need to actually work the game. Man does not get his credit card out. Does not have it. Only if we go to penalties, sudden death. Like, I don't want to be inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be awful. Where are you sitting, Taylor? So I'm actually going to be... Oh, he's uh, not sitting. I was, in, uh, <laughs> right. I, was on, I was in the posh seats um, in the West Club um, back, in, uh, back in June. But um, I think a game like this, you know, only makes sense to be on the wall. So I'm going to be in the supporters section for this one. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Adam, where are you at? Uh, I'm not sitting either. Where, where are you located? <laughs> I am located in the wall. Absolutely. Okay. And, and before the match, which I hope Taylor comes to see me because I will have some food for him, uh, Broken Strings Brewery, Cappy's Food Truck, we got a special menu. So you know how we've done every single Open Cup game? We're reprising the special from every single one of our games so far. It's like kind of a revisit of our road to the cup. Uh, it's all going to be on purple bread. I got the okay from my baker. He's doing the purple bread again. And... Um, it's it's gonna be fun. Broken strings, I know, is gonna have a huge party. That's that's right next to the Ruckus Tailgate lot. It's going to be an amazing time. I know they're doing the march to the stadium from there. Um, so anyone who wants to come see me, it's always been a lot of fun, and uh, I am looking forward to seeing everyone before the game. Yeah, I get off work. Um, I think I get off work 4 p.m. and I think I'm planning on immediately heading down. To broken strings. What time are you getting there, Adam? I'm gonna try to get there as early as possible. I'm hoping I can be totally set up by four. I'm hoping okay. to get wheels in in the parking lot by three thirty. Okay, so you'll be there for me to have some uh some food and and some Absolutely. beer and hopefully Taylor, you can make it down there around that time. Yes, um, that would be great. Awesome. Well, uh, Taylor, where can our listeners find you at? <laughs> so you can find us um yes do follow us on twitter um we we feel we produce our best content obviously you know when we're on the trips over there to florida so um you know plenty of video content as soon as we touch down at mco tomorrow so you'll find us on twitter at um at orlando underscore city uk 
Um, for all our stats, previews, and um, and regular content, um, you can visit us on our website. Um, we are OrlandoCityUK.com. I laugh because um, everyone probably already knows where to find you, but you know how it, it's it's the nice thing to do. Adam, where can our listeners find you at? You can find me personally at Kosher Taco Truck. No relation to my actual business at Cappy's Food Truck on Twitter and Instagram. You can obviously find us at Lions Blog One. Guys, it's been a fantastic episode as always. Thank you so much. And Taylor, get some sleep. You depart in T minus 12 hours. You said it. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right to bed. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, love that chat. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day, guys. Vamos. 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 Yes, man!